0: The Sports Sports Talk Talk with Devin Devin Wade briefcast. Be giving Sunday anything. Anything. What we think so far? Lakers were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to have you guys, and man, it's been a minute. It's been, it seems like an eternity. It's only been a couple of weeks, but I am so glad to be back with you guys. And I know a lot of folks have come to me and asked, "Hey, man, where you been? What's going on? Where to post? I'm not getting my podcast." And I mentioned on previous briefcasts that we would be infrequently coming to you guys during the lull of the summer, and uh, that's sort of what has been going on. I have a I have my book club, n- not my book club per se, but I, I have my books that I'm working on. And, and just in case if you if you're still worrying about my progress, uh, I'm I'm a ways to go. I hadn't progressed as far along as I wanted to. I I made it my aspiration this summer to read three books, and, and I'm working through those, and but not there yet. But in addition to sort of relaxing, I got away for a little bit and all of those things, and I mentioned those in previous briefcasts. We are working on something huge, and we're about a week, 10 days away from a big, big re—I guess—relaunch a or a big sort of second season of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, and a lot of new things coming your way. A lot of new ways to interact, and I want to remind you of the ways that you can currently interact with me. Uh, it's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook, and of course, you can tweet me at Wade's Word. But soon, seven to ten days, there will be a website. There will be a forum. There will be a phone number to call all of those ways where you can get interactive and we can increase and expand upon our, we, the people segment that comes our way. I want to remind you guys of a couple of things. We will be getting out and about in the city of Houston. Preferably we'll be doing something for Monday night football. We hadn't, We hadn't solidified that yet, but we do want to make an effort to move around and do some more things in the community and sort of connect with you guys, at least locally, although we do have a national appeal. And I want to thank all the people from around the country who have involved themselves and listened to the podcast, because of course... We can be Houston-centric, but we try to talk about everything. And we have a ton of great guests coming your way, not the least of which is the man that is joining us today, Dr. Charles McClellan. He is the commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, a friend of the show. He listens to us on Saturdays on KTSU Sports Talk uh, with yours truly and the legend Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen. And uh, he's been on the show a lot and he has an open door policy for me I could reach out and touch him and I uh, and I did I reached out to him because there a lot of huge things happening in and around the Southwestern Athletic Conference we talked about those things we talked about him personally and his journey and transition from being a Houstonian to a Birminghamian I don't know what the Phrase. what do you call a, a Birminghamer? I, I don't know what it is. Maybe someone from Birmingham can enlighten me, but he had a lot of nice things to say about Birmingham and, of course, a lot of huge, exciting things happening in the Southwest Athletic Conference. So we talked about that, so I made this a special edition. Now, if you've never listened to the show before, uh, go back and listen to some of the casts and full-fledged episodes. We have our special teams unit. And, again, you'll get to know these people even more in the coming weeks and months and uh, again we will expand on our interactions and i talk about doing remotes here locally in the city of houston but how about hey i will take the show on the road if we can make this happen logistically i will take the show on the road me and biscuit and, and eddie robinson i'm we'll hit the road and, and, and even kalina the silver five we'll hit the road to do a podcast so hey if you have a uh, a way that you uh, want to make this happen of course, reach out to me. Let me know. We'll go. No doubt about that. Now, we'll be tied up quite a bit with Texas Southern football in the coming weeks, and we'll be talking some Texas Southern football in future podcasts. We have a lot of good guests coming up, maybe some MEAC folks as well. So a lot going on with that. And so I want to thank you guys. For being on board, because, again, you have been on the ground floor of building this podcast and really expanding on some of the things that we converse about and have fun talking about this time out. I will not do a Lamont Award. I will not do any of the features I normally do, because, again, we're going to restrict this to a conversation with Dr. McClellan. But what we will do is feature music from DJ Anarchy. And I want to remind you guys, if you have music, if you are a fledgling rapper, DJ, musician of any kind, regardless of the genre, country, no problem. We've done country. Uh, Country music, classical. If you are a fledgling artist or an established artist and you want your music featured on our podcast, which reaches a national, international audience, I looked at some of the analytics. We have some folks, I don't know who in Italy is listening, but I am, bonjour, is that right? No, that that cannot be right, that's French. I don't, I don't know what to say to those folks who are listening in Italy, but thank you so much for listening. So we have an international appeal, and if you want to tap into that and introduce a broad cross-section of uh, this world to your music, hit me up, and we'll feature a snippet of it during the halfway point, and we'll play the, the entire track or an extended portion of a track at the end of the podcast. DJ Anarchy is in the mix today, but if you want to do that, hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter, and we certainly... Certainly can make that happen. Radio edit only. We are a family friendly program if you have a very spicy family. <laughs> okay. Nothing too crude and nothing too bad. And every now and then an uh, expletive will sneak its way in, but not 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 frequently. So that's not a, a big issue. So again, want to thank you guys. Want to get into this conversation. This is going to be part one. Of our conversation with Dr. Charles McClellan, Commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. As promised, join now. By SWAC Commissioner, former Vice President of Inter- Intercollegiate Athletics for Texas Southern University, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, Dr. Charles McClellan, the Commissioner of the SWAC, the Southwest Athletic Conference. Good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning, Devin, and how's everything in Houston,
0: Texas? Well, you know, they had a, a bit of a cool funk that has come in, and people are acting like, uh, you know, people are grabbing uh, leather boots and, and jackets. I mean, it's <laughs> such a surprising thing that this happens this time of year in Houston, Texas. Low humidity, so life is good today.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, uh, on Wednesday morning in Birmingham Alabama the low was uh 59 degrees at certain parts of the area so can you imagine that Devin? 59 no, no. degrees in, in July
0: I cannot <laughs> imagine that and that's one of the perks of the job I suspect so absolutely so you're well underway you rolled up your sleeves you have uh, it's been what right about a year a little bit over a year since you've taken over as SWAT commissioner and how has this this year been huh, for the most part What have what have been your experiences so far
1: well, it'll be a year September 1st, and it's been pretty much a whirlwind. When I stepped into the job, I went directly to the SWACMEAC Challenge in Atlanta, and then I had to leave there and come to Birmingham. So actually my first three days were on the road at a at a football game. But I think we've made progress. We have a long ways to go, but we've made some progress as we've talked about Previously, we have cleared the deficit, so the Southwestern Athletic Conference is in good financial shape. Uh, We do have a reserve, and we plan on building on those reserves. I think one of the key aspects that you're going to be looking at from an institutional standpoint is that we're poised to be able to start to regain our momentum and distribution to the member institutions. Uh, Last year, there were some distributions. They were minimal. Uh, But we're going to be able to increase that significantly. And as you know, we've moved the football championship game back to the campus last year and always preference this statement by saying I haven't gotten any numbers from Alcorn, haven't talked to the president, haven't talked to the athletic director. But I know how much the tickets were. I know how much they were charging for parking and concessions. I know how many tickets were available for sale. And Alcorn walked away with about a half a million dollars just from hosting that game. So tried to find innovative ways that we as a conference office could put money back into the institutions. You couple that with the uh, celebration bowl, you know, a member institution, if you win football and host, you can get anywhere between 1.3 and 1.5 million dollars. And that's ultimately what the conference office is supposed to be about. And that's putting money back into the pockets of the member institutions. And we've announced several, sponsorships for this upcoming year we have several more that we're going to have to push forward and then we start working on some initiatives about increasing the overall level of competitiveness in basketball and football because you know the higher the ranking the more prestige you get which means the more press you get more television you get ultimately more sponsors that you get so we want to make sure that we do things to raise the profile of basketball and raise the profile of football but You know, we've we've undertaken several initiatives, Devin, but we still have a long way to go. There's a lot of work to be done, but I'm pleased as to where we are ending this first year.
0: Well, you know, and without pointing fingers to previous regimes, what was the most obvious thing that you were able to come in and affect day one? What were some of the first few things that were sort of missing that you were able to jump on and, and recognize right away?
1: Well, at the end of the day, I think, finances. You know, my background is accounting and that's part of what the basis of everything that I've done, both at Prairie and Texas Southern and now at the Southwestern Athletic Conference. If you get your money in order, there are a lot of things that can happen for you positively. So what we tried to do was attack a lot of the low hanging fruit. You know, some of the things that we could do to help increase the conference office, for example, reinstating the reception for the student athletes so they can get their awards at the championship amongst their peers versus it being sent to the member institutions. And again, I've always said this, you know, it's, it's about those small things. You know, everybody knows about the larger issues, but if you take care of the small intricate details, a lot of those larger issues don't even become issues because you've handled them before. So if you get the finances in order, which ultimately we did, Devin, we cleared over a million dollar deficit last year. And that's going to be additional money that we're going to be able to put back into the conference office to enhance the overall student athlete experience and to get the member institutions some additional resources that they need to do some of the things that they want to do. I think the second thing that we did was kind of show up the relationship with ESPN. In the past, there have been some things that are in the contract that not necessarily was delivered to ESPN. I guess more specifically, There are some Thursday night games that were mandated in the contract. And as you know, our members have issues with the Thursday night games. From a standpoint of it reduces the attendance and it takes money out of the pockets of our member institutions. So we kind of work with ESPN. And if you notice, we have one Thursday night game, which is Peruvian Jackson State. And then ESPN picked up an additional five Saturday games. And then we added another five Saturday games, which will be featured on ESPN 3, but they would be under the auspice of the conference office, which means we control sponsors, we control television, commercials, we control all of that. So reigniting, I guess, the passion of getting our member institutions on as many ESPN platforms as we possibly can was one of those things. And then engaging ourselves with the NCAA and again, not saying that the previous administration did not do this, but this was something that I really wanted to do and focus on. And that was to get ourselves intricately involved within the NCA structure to be able to have some say-so and some weight on legislation, policies, and how you know we move forward. And fortunately, as you know, I was selected to serve on the Division I basketball committee, which kind of opened up doors well beyond what I ever thought could be open so we now have a voice not just in the basketball realm but within the ncaa hierarchy because you know i sit down and have conversations with the president uh, with the vice president and with the leaders within the conferences uh all 32 conference commissioners we meet four or five times a year making sure that we get with them they understand where we are when it comes to policy when it comes to putting our bylaw policies out there, we are now having some say-so as to say, yes, this is, you know, positive for the or negative. Again, not saying that they did not do that in the past, but we're just showing up those efforts to make sure that we have a strong voice. So I think those are three categories that we can kind of point to that we saw that from an initiative, from a Charles McClellan initiative standpoint, I wanted to make sure that I immerse myself so we could have some type of influence at the table.
0: Now, I know with any leadership change, any sort of change in direction with new leadership, some people are resistant or reluctant to move as quickly. How have you found your reception among the member institutions as it pertains to implementing some of these changes? Have you found the support across the board? Are people on board with the speed in which you are, are really sort of changing things around the swack and getting things done?
1: Overwhelmingly positive, Devin. You know, coming from the A D ranks, you know, that overall level of trust was there. Also, I already understood what the plight of the athletic director was. I understood what the plight of the member institution was. So, you know, I didn't have to have that learning curve. So as we start to develop and implement a lot of these initiatives, they're not necessarily the Charles McClellan initiatives. Those are initiatives that the member institutions have been talking about and wanted to implement. I am just that change agent to say, okay, here's the direction that we need to go in now as a cohesive, collaborative group. How do we want to get there? And as you know, if you're intricately involved in the strategic planning of a forward-moving campaign, you're more apt to support it and you're more apt to do the things that it takes in order for it to be successful. So overwhelmingly positive, and I tell you, There has been strong, strong support across the board. Uh, Ashley Robinson, former Athletic Director at Prairie View, now Vice President at Jackson State, is the chair of the Athletic Directors. The SWAC Women's Administrators have been overwhelmingly supportive and intricately involved, so as we push these initiatives out, They're not just SWAC initiatives. They're member institution initiatives, and that's the only way that we're going to be able to move forward. And then when you talk about the Council of Presidents and Chancellors, we have a wonderful relationship with all 10 member institutions, and we've made it a point to reach out, give them that information, and create those, I guess, relationships to where they understand where we're going and we have their full support. Devin, I've actually talked to three boards of regents of three of the member institutions where the presidents have asked me to come in and address their boards of regions, So that's an honor just for me personally, but it also states that how important SWAC and athletics is to the overall strategic plan of the member institutions. So and we're going to continue to work with them.
0: I want to ask you about that. I mean, uh, when you have these sorts of discussions, uh, do the boards of regents and, and presidents realize that there is a... a golden egg at the end of the the athletic rainbow, how much money that really is out there. I mean, it seems to me that we haven't always been aware as a conference of all the monies that were available if everybody got on the same page. Is that a correct statement?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is correct. And, you know, uh, all of the pass eels they put on me, I don't get, you know, a lot of those free passes. You know, the, the, the mandates that I have is to go out and get the money to go out and broaden our TV exposures, and go out and increase the overall viability of our championships. All of that brings prestige and notoriety to our member institutions. So I think they clearly understand the level of importance of intercollegiate athletics, the level of importance that the Southwestern Athletic Conference has in allowing them to achieve those goals, and this national presence that allows them to recruit the regular student to go to their institution to make that that entire institution whole. So they are very aware. And I think they're starting to see that the pie, as you talked about at the end of that rainbow, is much more attainable, and it's much bigger than what we actually thought. We have to do some different things in order to get there. And, again, a strong, strategic, cohesive, plan is the way that we're going to get there. And the president is 100% on board.
0: I want to ask you about the individual uh, athletic departments around the conference. Are are all of those are financially in good shape? I mean, from your knowledge or what you know, and obviously the swag, which you said previously that you want to help those uh, you want to help the institution, but across the board, how are the athletic departments doing financially?
1: Some better than others. Uh, And I think you look at that data, but I think that's true across all uh, 32 conferences. So, you know, when you look at certain initiatives, when you look at certain strategies, you do have to look at the financial wherewithal of all of your member institutions. Some are going to be able to do more than others. So you try to create policies and processes that's going to benefit the whole, not just one or two or not hurt one or two. So there are some things that you have to do with certain member institutions that might push them a little forward faster than others. Others have ability to say, hey, I need to be able to run a little faster than this group. And the unique challenge is to make sure that we create a structure to where if you need to get out and run, you have that flexibility. But if you need a little extra time, you have that flexibility as well. So everybody is financially stable. Again, some budgets are bigger than others. Some have more scholarships than others. Some have bigger facilities than others. But again, we can create a framework to where everybody can eat within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And that's our role. That's our responsibility. And I'm 100% positive that we can continue to do that for our member institution
0: i want to ask you about the swag uh well the commissioner's advisory committee that was just announced a couple of days ago that seems like something exciting especially when you look at some of the names involved some of them i'm familiar with others after you read the bio you're like wow this is a a coup for the swag to get can you talk about the folks that make up that advisory committee and why that
1: was created Yeah, well, first, it's a big coup for the Southwestern Athletic Conference to get individuals of that caliber to say that we're going to help the SWAT commissioner do the things that he feels is best for uh, this conference, and we want to take that thing nationwide. So part of what we wanted to do was to get leaders within certain industries within the nation to be able to come to the table to be able to help us leverage our name, our brand, and be able to bring in the resources that we need in order to do that. So when you really look at the three categories, we went with apparel, we went with television, and we went on the on the financial aspect. And when you really look at intercollegiate athletics, that's where those resources are coming from, television, apparel companies, and the financial sector. And I think one of the biggest clues that we got was Nicole Pullen-Ross from Goldman Sachs. She is the Mid-Atlantic Region league and she is one of if not the highest ranking african-american in goldman sachs and you know goldman sachs is a multi-billion dollar industry that touches so many different areas so for her to be on our board to advise me hey charles this is not a smart financial decision or hey charles you need to be able to go and touch this person that's going to be invaluable and then when you look at uh, michael doyle i mean he is just like You know, the guy when it comes to NBA TV and TNT sports, he's the senior director of editorial content strategy and management for NBA Digital. I mean, he's out there. He's integrated. So when you start talking about TNT, NBA, um, Turner TBS, he is the guy that you can turn to. And, you know, he has some inroads to some of these big names, athletes, again, that could turn around and help us. And then when you talk about uh, Whitner, you're talking about somebody that has teamed up with Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's son to create this retail business of these, you know, these boutique type shops. So, you know, he worked with the Jordan family to create the Travis Scott Jordan and some of the other signature, you know, again, so trending from the social media aspect, the young aspect, you know, his shoes are selling three, $4,000 a pair. You know, just imagine what he could do to help us again move our brand right. forward. And you're talking and, about again, James a lot of these things.
0: Yeah, James Whitner. Just to be clear, right. I know you mentioned his last right. name, James Whitner, is the the person you're, right. you're speaking of.
1: Yes, correct. And then you look at Chris Wright, VP of Global Footwear for Nike. He's a Jordan guy, a, a load of experience, uh, HBCU guy. I see Ku Smith, a, a Jackson State graduate. Uh, NBA TV and then Bell who is a lawyer a vice president uh, but a general counsel for Nike so as you can see we have a heavy Nike Jordan uh, <laughs> brand uh representation we have NBA TV Turner TV TBS uh, we already tied into ESPN from one aspect so we wanted to kind of get that other aspect and you know uh, Goldman Sachs so these individuals, and there's going to be more added, but these individuals are high-level vice presidents, you know, portfolios within the multi-million dollars that they manage, helping the swag maneuver. And all of this really is tying into the 100-year celebration that we're going to have uh, in July 2020. Uh, We've solidified a date; uh, it's going to be July the 18th, uh, 2020. Uh, we're going to do it in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, that Saturday, July 18th, and we're going to bring back all of the swag people. Whether you're a Hall of Famer or not, we want you to come. We're going to honor our heritage. We're going to honor all 10-member institutions. We're going to honor the Olympic coach, Barbara Jacket. We're going to honor Archie Cooley. We're going to honor Marino Casim. We're going to honor the student-athletes. We're going to honor Fred Newhouse. We're going to honor, you know, the Michael Strahan's, the Judy Dyer's. I mean, you could go on and on. Those individuals are going to be shown this is what the swag was, this is what the swag is, and this is what the swag is going to be. We're so influential in the overall aspect and scheme. And tell those things that people don't know, first black quarterback to play in the NFL, first black quarterback uh, to win a Super Bowl. You know, you talk about West Coast offense. They always talked about Bill Walsh. They got that from Archie Cooley. We're going to tell our story. So the world will know and we can celebrate it. And this advisory council is going to help us do that. We're going to get some A-list entertainment. Uh, We're going to get a comedian to host. Uh, We're working on it being on television. We have some already partners, as you can again advisory council helping us so this thing is going to be big and advisory council is going to help us with that as well
0: how did you find the perception of the swag brand when you came in from your conversations and what you've been able to sort of ascertain, uh, what was the perception of of the conference and where do you want to take it
1: you know surprisingly strong Devin I heard the same rumors that you heard coming in that the swag is broke the swag is about to fold, the swag is is me, and that, it was absolutely the opposite. We did have some financial issues, but again, it only took us a year to get them straight. The brand is significant, uh, and I want to stress the word significant. You know, there's been a, there was a lot of talk about me moving the SWAC office to Houston, Charles. Why would you leave Houston and come to Birmingham? And I can tell you, the city, uh, the corporate uh, partners in this area has been very, very diligent in coming to the SWAG saying, we want to be a part of what the SWAG has to offer. So our sponsorship numbers are spiking. And again, we've announced some, we have some more to announce, but even talking about where we move our championships, you know, there are cities now that are saying, we want to pay you and we're going to pay you to move your championship to our city. But that's been what we have set as a standard. We're no longer going to go and pay to bring our product to your city. And there have been a significant amount of cities and leaders that have said, we want Swack and we're willing to pay. So the brand is stronger than in any thought process that I had. And our goal, Devin, is to continue to make it stronger. We're not just the best HBCU conference. We want to be the best conference. So there's a lot of things that we have to do to get ourselves there. Uh, but we're going to continue to grow our brand. And speaking of HBCU conferences, there is Thomas and the MEAC, we've talked collaboratively. We are working on a lot of things together. We're going to help each other. We're going to pull each other up together. I've talked to Greg Moore with the CIAA, which is based out of Atlanta. We've talked uh, as well. So we're reaching out to all of these conferences, commissioners, and we're going to help each other move our conference and our member institutions together. So...
0: Those were comments from Swag Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan in part one of our conversation. Coming up, part two, following a word from our sponsor and the mix of DJ Anarchy on a special edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. special edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I want to thank our guy DJ Anarchy and remind you guys if you want your music played on our podcast we'll play a portion of the halfway point and the entire track or an extended portion at the end of a podcast let me know on Twitter at Wade's Word and of course the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Pretty soon you'll have a website that you can go to to contact me directly but without further ado here is part two of our conversation with SWAT Commission. Dr. Charles McClellan, on a special edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I want to ask you about the relationship with Birmingham. And obviously, you know, we have a vested interest here in Houston and at Texas Southern. Uh, But so far, so good. It seems like uh, the city of Birmingham is stepping up. There was mention of the... Possible five year deal uh, with Birmingham for the basketball tournament to stay in Birmingham. Can you talk a little bit about what Birmingham has to offer that you may not have been able to get from Houston?
1: Well, you know, Houston is where I grew up as a young adult and I spent uh, all of my adult life in Houston. As a matter of fact, as an adult, being in Birmingham this last year is my first year away from Houston. So I'm very familiar with Houston. And what Houston has to offer, which is tremendous. But when you go out and you look at the brand of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, you know, at some point I had to make the decision that getting what the brand is worth versus going to a city based upon where I grew up, you know, just didn't make sense. So I I say that to say, you know, we reached out to Houston, not necessarily from a specific standpoint saying, hey, you know, look at basketball, look at football, look at baseball, look at track. But we sat down with the sports authority group and football was something that they were very interested in. But Birmingham really stepped up. And in order for us to be able to give the student athlete experience that we need, we needed a partner that was willing to put up the resources that was going to be needed in order for us to move our conference forward. So You know, there are a lot of cities and a lot of things to offer. You know, most people say, well, Birmingham is on the far fringes of Houston when it comes to basketball. And that's true. Uh, Birmingham, you know, has a lot to offer, though. And that's what what has been very surprising to me. Visiting Birmingham is a lot different than living in Birmingham. And now that we're here, there are some things that we can kind of implement with the visiting aspect to be able to make an enjoyable experience. This year, we created Commissioner Soiree on that Friday night where we invited all of the leaders out to Birmingham to intermingle with the SWAC leadership and regular fans that wanted to come at you know a local wine bar here. And it turned out to be a nice event. We had the event for the student-athletes the day before. And so you're only talking about a two-day event. So we're trying to pack events within those two days where people are going to be busy and to get the things that they need in order to have a a great basketball tournament. You know, Houston has a lot to offer. Birmingham has a lot of things to offer as well. We just have to package them together. But the caveat to all of that, Devin, clearly was Birmingham was willing to give us the resources that we need to put on a first-class quality tournament. Where we were in Houston, we were spending money, and the conference office was losing money. Birmingham has allowed us to reverse that and then that allows us to put on a much better basketball tournament.
0: When you talk about Birmingham, you there's the competition uh, right next to you with the sec does that blind sort of uh some of the attention that you should be getting how does the swag set itself apart when you know that's sec country and that's i mean obviously you know now but it's crazy how uh that's a, almost a religion uh down and when you talk about sec football how has the swag been able to separate itself and, and not let the sec take its shine
1: that's a great question. Uh, I've had opportunity to sit down with Greg, and you would be surprised the SEC footprint from a conference office perspective is not that strong here in Birmingham. As a matter of fact, they actually stopped communicating that the SEC was in Birmingham because it created some biasness, or at least perceived bias, towards the SEC and the University of Alabama. So the SEC doesn't have a relationship with the city. They have a, a arms length relationship with the county with the building that they're in so the sec doesn't need birmingham or these local or regional sponsors the sec with their television partners are more national than they are regional and where they are more local so that leaves that door open for the swag to come in and that's ultimately what we've done so the city, the county, and even some state entities have been extremely receptive and have helped us do a vast amount of things to where the SEC could possibly interact, but they don't have that in their strategic plan. Their strategic plan is more national than it is regional and local. So it has allowed us to be able to go in. Birmingham, Devon is real interested in being a sports city. They're very, very hungry versus let's say you compare it us to Houston where Houston has all of these sports entities from professional sports to semi professional sports to major college to medium all the way down to community college. You know, you go to San Jack for baseball, that baseball program could probably go beat some division one schools. Those competition levels are not here in Birmingham. So when you bring an event to Birmingham they are 100% excited about it, not only from the event standpoint, but the revenue that is bringing from a tax base, a hotel base, a food base, a rental car base, an airline base. So they're very excited about the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And I think we've entered into an area where the SEC is not, and we've been able to carve out our own niche in you know, that short period of time. Birmingham has been a real good partner of, of ours thus far. And if – when we get this deal signed, because it's not signed yet, we'll be very excited about it because they have put us in a position to really be successful and take our basketball championship to another level.
0: And with that motto, do the opening rounds, uh, are they still on the, the campus of the highest ranking team? or yes, will, they are. Okay, so it won't be all yes, all teams going to the tournament uh, in Birmingham. Per they will start off on campus. Now,
1: yeah, we had a conversation with the SWAs and the ADS, and it was voted to keep the current format uh, the same.
0: Okay, I want to ask you about uh, a number of the the relationships you've already started. Not the least of which uh, is the excitement around City Plane, a uh, city, city Jet. Is that city right? Jet. City, city Jet. City Jet. That's right. Now, let's talk about <laughs> City Jet and how that'll be utilized, and how that whole relationship came
1: about. Well, can you imagine Southwestern Athletic Conference having its own jet? That uh, is could. interesting. <laughs> That's wild. That's yeah. amazing. Right. So they're talking about putting the insignia on the 737. And they also have some smaller jets. They have some 30-seaters. Uh, they have some 2- to 8-seaters. So, you know, I, I go back to my last trip to Alabama A&M when I rode the bus uh, from Houston. And as athletic director, I said I can't do this anymore. This is, <laughs> this is you know, this is torture. Been there, so can't do that either. Director, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It tells, ask Chad about riding. Right, the bus I, I've PR done it once, goes, right? and that was it. <laughs> right. So part of what we wanted to do was bring affordable air transportation to our member institutions. And actually, the president at Alabama State, Quentin Ross, uh, introduced me to Ron Mays, which is the CEO of CityJet. And we actually moved this thing a lot faster than what I thought. So my caveat was we wanted economical air travel that was charter. And his deal was if we can do it, you know, as a conference uh, deal, then we can reduce our prices. So we were able to get reduced prices and he was able to solidify, you know, Jet. So everybody is saying, well, one jet. No, he has multiple jets. One of them will have the SWAC insignia on, but he has access to multiple because they're a charter company. And it's allowed us to be able to get a significant discount on charter airlines. So ultimately, his margin is thin. So basically, what he did was cut his margin of profit because there are certain levels within the FAA and charges and Tariffs and all of that stuff that you have to pay, so they've just reduced their margin. But because he owns his own company, he was able to reduce his margin. So they'll be able to fly, pick up the team, and bring them back. So uh, teams coming from Alabama to Houston to play Texas Southern in Prairie View, they can get anywhere from a ten to twenty thousand dollar discount, depending on how they want to travel. But just imagine the basketball, I remember during the Mike Davis days where Mike would go play Oregon on a Monday and he's in Ohio on Wednesday and then he's back in San Diego on that Friday. Well, they were flying commercial where they had to stay in the airports and they were going, just imagine now, literally for the same price in some instances, cheaper in some instances, depending on the airport, maybe a little bit more because if you're going to some of these remote places, where it's charging, we were paying seven, $800 a, a ticket to go. You know, we can fly you charter for cheaper. And now you can leave, go, come back home, go, come back home, and go, come back home. Where these student athletes can go to class. You don't have to sit in the airport. It's not an all day travel, it's a two hour travel. And I just think that it's going to enhance the overall brand of our conference, and it's going to help the student-athletes travel, be able to get back for class, which will in turn help APR. So we think this is a significant deal uh, for the conference. And, again, you don't have to travel. This is not a mandatory thing. You pick and choose. If it's beneficial for you, utilize it. If it's not, you don't. But I can tell you we've already had four institutions that already book flights with this charter airline for football, and they're working on basketball now. So it seems to be something – that our member institutions are uh, excited about. So I talked to Coach McKinney. Uh, I don't think that they have any travel. Uh, If they win and get an opportunity to go to the celebration ball, hey, they can take the Swag Jet to Atlanta. (laughs) I want to ask that. But it's also there for basketball as well, or any other sport that would like to utilize it.
0: And that's, that's a huge, huge get, by the way. I also want to ask you about the, uh, the Tiffany & Company, the trophy being made by Tiffany & Company. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, that's going to be – I mean, uh, who, who's going to be in on the, the design of the of the new trophy?
1: Well, as you could see, we're trying to follow this trend of being first class. Everything we want to do, we want to be first class. Our students and athletes are going to be treated first class. They're going to travel first class and we want to award them with first-class awards. Now, the Tiffany Awards will not be a unique design. They're going to come from the overall Tiffany's portfolio, but that says a lot in itself because, as you know, the Tiffany's portfolio is not a cheap portfolio. Again, we've entered into an agreement with them where they're going to give us discounted rates, we're going to get a rebate back, and then we're going to be able to put that cash back to Tiffany's to discount the trophies. But what we wanted to do was set ourselves apart. We want our student-athletes to have some memento of being all-conference, winning a championship that's actually going to be first-class worth something. And if you know Tiffany's brand, you know it's first-class. So for our student-athletes to be able to take away a Tiffany's trophy, for our coaches to be able to bring home a Tiffany's championship trophy, that's going to be truly first-class. I think the philosophy of the – past administration was bigger was better. So we created these big trophies and they've been sent back. You know, we've had some issues with them. We wanted to go with quality. So what you'll see out there might not necessarily be as big, but I can guarantee you the quality level of them is going to be off the charts and something that the SWAC has never had. And when you look at the Tiffany's portfolio, they have all major professional sports other than NHL and the Southwestern Athletic Conference as trophy providers. Wow. So, again, look at the precedent that we're trying to set. You look at the advisory council. You look at CityJet. You look at Tiffany's. You look at some of the things that we're doing. We're putting money back into the institutions, and then we're getting ready to announce some additional sponsors as the summer goes on. The Southwestern Athletic Conference, it's a good time, Devin, to be a part of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and it's a good time for the fans to be excited because we're getting ready to kick the door in and blow this thing up. And I can tell you, our football is going to be the catalyst to do so. Celebration Bowl, uh, we're 100% committed. We have some very quality teams this year across the board. Any team will be able to win any game this year. You're not going to be able to sleep on any team, and we're going to parlay that to additional sponsors and additional television opportunities. So I'm excited about where the conference is. The schools are excited. Uh, the schools are excited as to the direction that we're going to be uh, going and continue to go. Uh, and we're going to continue to push the envelope forward to ensure that our member institutions understand where we are, where we're going, and to get the maximum benefit from our conference office.
0: Have you found that you, these philosophies that you've implemented in just under a year are something that the individual athletic departments can adopt for themselves? And, and have they sort of picked your brain and said, well, hey, how can we implement this individually? How can we as an athletic department go out and implement some of the same ideas and ideologies uh, that you have instituted in less than a year?
1: Some have, some and some have not. Uh, But the beauty of what we're doing is we're not taking the categories of the member institutions. All of these are conference deals only that will encompass the schools only if they want to be encompassed. You know, one of the issues that I had as athletics director, I always frowned upon the conference office taking my categories. They took my television category. They took my apparel category. Uh, At one point, we had Jostens in the ring category, and I always frowned upon it and saying, if I want to go with these uh, companies, give me that opportunity, but don't force me. So as commissioner, that's the philosophy that I have now. So all of these deals are created with the aspect of if you want to be a part of it, you can. If you want to pick our brain, you can. If you want us to put you in contact with these individuals, we can. If you don't, then that's your choice as well. You know, I saw the uh, releases and, you know, the information about Texas Southern and their exploration you know, possibly to the South, Southland Conference. I know you didn't ask this question, but I think that's a prevalent conversation to have. It's our job to ensure that Texas Southern is a quality member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, that we give them all of the benefit, all of the resources that we can to show them that the Southwestern Athletic Conference is exactly where they need to be. They have been a valued member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and it's my job to ensure that. We do everything that we can to show Texas Southern that the SWAC is where they are, where they belong, and where they're supposed to be. So all of these deals are predicated with the thought process of advancing our conference forward, having our member institutions to understand that this is the best place for them, and then to give them the reward on the back end via the opportunity to go to a championship, the opportunity to fly first class, the opportunity to compete at NCAA championships, and at the end of the day, Get a distribution back from the conference office.
0: As the football season comes about, I'll get more into the celebration bowl. But as we wound down here, I want to ask you a personal, some personal stuff about, you know, obviously you uh, work closely with Kevin Granger at Texas Southern. What are your thoughts on his first year as uh, the athletic director at Texas Southern
1: University? Well, before I say anything about Kevin, I would like to say. You know, I I owe a world of gratitude to Dr. Lane uh, for the support that he gave me while I was at Texas Southern and the support that he's given me now uh, as conference commissioner. He was 100 percent behind me one way or the other. He told me, quite frankly, he said, Charles, if you don't want to go to the SWAC, you have a spot here at Texas Southern. Don't worry about it. And for that, I will always be eternally grateful. For Dr. Lane, in a lot of instances, Devin, it took a lot of pressure off of me to be able to uh, create that opportunity to come to the Southwestern Athletic Conference and to have that ability to come with a free heart, a free mind, and to be able to do the best job that I could, knowing that I had the support, not only from the other member institutions, but my former bosses. Well, you know, you always have that, you know, if I leave, I don't want to leave the wrong way. And Dr. Lane handled everything so professionally, so well. I have nothing but great things to say for him. And then when my oldest son, Canaan, graduated, put me on the front row, acknowledged me, Devin, made me feel like I was important. So (laughs) I would like to tell Dr. Lane thank you. And as it relates to Kevin Granger, yes, he was with me. Uh, He understood all of the things that that we've done, and I know that he has a firm grasp uh, on the direction of Texas Southern. You know, Texas Southern is one of those institutions that's a staple for Houston. Texas Southern is a staple for not only Houston, but the state of Texas. And everything that Texas Southern does is going to be done with a microscope. And that athletic department is so important. And I know all of the coaches and all of the members there uh, have that ability to be able to bring those championships home because Texas Southern is that catalyst for all of that to go on within that region, within that. So Kevin Grange is the leader of that, and I know that Texas Southern will continue to do great things under Kevin Grange's leadership.
0: And one or two other things before we let you go. Uh, your personal transition, what do you miss most about Houston, and what do
1: you what do you like most about Birmingham? Wow. Let me go with uh, what I miss most about Houston. I miss the cuisine, uh, <laughs> the tex Mex the spicy, you know, you have the little Louisiana feel and everything, but you also have that spicy Latino feel to everything you do from the <laughs> papacitos to the Papado's. You know, we have a Papado's here in Birmingham. Wow. But it's not quite the same, you know, roux and not quite the same spice as, you know, the Papado's there in Houston. And You can go to any Papado's. So I think the cuisine is something that I have missed. You know, this is uh, shrimp and grits. Uh, Type territory, you know, hard-fried catfish. I think the thing that I like the most about Birmingham, and I totally missed it, uh, Birmingham sits on the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and I always knew that there were large hills here. I never really knew that there were mountains. But the scenery that Birmingham offers is immaculate. And I can tell you that Birmingham is a progressive city. I'm originally from Jackson, Mississippi. So you hear about Birmingham, you hear about Selma, you hear about Jackson, you hear about Philadelphia, Mississippi, and Birmingham is not that at all. It's a very progressive city. It's a city where a lot of professionals have moved in. It's one of the uh, largest cities without a professional sports team. I think they rank like ninth as far as media uh, without a professional sports team. So they're on the cusp of doing a lot of great things. I had somebody to put it to me this way. Birmingham is now where Charlotte was 20 years ago. So they're moving into that direction, two hours from Atlanta. So you can always touch. So it's opened up an entirely different aspect of a region. I'm used to that South, Southwest, right? now more East, Southeast, East. So we're able to go get some of those Eastern dollars in Atlanta and Charlotte and Tennessee and even in uh, Kentucky and Ohio. So it's opened up that different region. So I like the ability to be able to do something different. And, Devin, quite frankly, when you're talking about personal, I'm older. Uh, so, Birmingham, you know, it's 20 minutes to work in traffic. Uh, <laughs> Andrew so. said. Andrew <laughs> Roberts said the same thing. Hey, <laughs> right.
0: I'm never more than 15 minutes away from work, right. and
1: that's during rush hour. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a great place to have a family. Uh, like I say, the weather, you get all four seasons. But I'm close enough to Houston where I can hop on a plane in an hour and 15 minutes. I'm back in Houston where, you know, it ultimately all began for me. So it was a great move. Family is happy. Uh, we're happy with the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and things are only going to get better under my small presence. Uh, I just hope that we can continue to do things so it can get better.
0: Well, when are you playing? Are you coming down for the Labor Day Classic? How do, you, how do you sort of spread your time around the conferences as it pertains to attending games or events in these different cities?
1: Yeah. Scheduling is tough. Uh, I definitely have to have a schedule. When you're talking about, there are four meetings per year that the conference commissioners have to go to. Uh, There are four meetings per year that I have to go to with the basketball committee. And that doesn't include selection. And then you have uh, all 16 championships that I've been a part of. And then you have regular season games, both basketball, football, tennis, golf. I try to do all of those. So travel is a significant piece. So you plug them in on the schedule, Devin, and you try to get those games and those matchups that are going to be more prevalent for me to be at because I want to be able to get out. I want to be able to interject. I want to be able to socialize. I think the next time I'm coming to Houston, I've been asked by the Touchdown Club to be the speaker at the uh, Prairie View TSU uh, Touchdown Luncheon on that Wednesday, Friday, Labor Day. So I'll be flying in, and I'll be speaking at that luncheon and looking forward to coming to Houston and seeing everybody at the Labor Day Classic
0: Luncheon. Hey, we look forward to that. And finally, uh, anything you want to say to – I mean, you'll have a t- you have a ton of friends, family, and, and associates in the city of Houston. Anything you want to say to the folks of, uh, of Houston, although this will be heard all over the country, what do you want to say specifically to the folks of Houston who supported you for so long?
1: Well, you know, if I start naming names, you're going to get me in trouble because there's so many. <laughs> but I can tell you this, every Saturday morning, you know, I like to run. I'll get up and I'll run, and I time it around 8.30, 8.45 so I can listen to you, Kevin Allen, and and Raph Cooper. And, you know, I still disagree with what Ralph be saying most of the time. I be wanting to call in. And Kevin Allen, you know, he's the most non-Houston person that I've ever, oh, I'm, ever uh, talked to. uh telling me. Uh, he didn't like the Rockies. He didn't <laughs> like the Astros, and he go back to 1920. That something happened that he's mad from 1920. So, I do want to send a shout out to my guys up there. I talk to Raph via text message okay. all the time, and I would like to say congratulations to Raph and his new show. I listen to his new show, and just the resurgence of Raph Cooper. Raph is a staple in the city of Houston. He's the legend. It, it, it took me a while to understand, but there is no Devin Wade, there is no Kevin Allen, there is no Max Edison, rest in peace, there is none of those without Ralph Cooper. And it took me a while to understand the significant significance of what Ralph Cooper brought to the media and the sports media, not just the black sports media there, uh, but I do want to send some shots out to Ralph and tell him thank you for all of the positive words and the support and Definitely got to send a shout out to Kevin Allen. But I think, you know, from an administrator's standpoint, uh, from a staff standpoint, you know, I've publicly said thank you to them. But I want to say uh, thank you to the John Handys and the Burt Simmons and the Kisa Matthews and the Hubert Boldens. And I can go on and on. And I know uh, Charles Foy passed away as well. Those are the ones that lifted me up. And those are the ones that made me go forward. And you know my my – My main buddy there, Earl Jemison, if it wasn't for Earl Jemison, I wouldn't be at TSU. I probably would have quit a couple of times. And I tell you, I've shared a lot of personal uh, with Mr. Jemison, and Mr. Jemison has been there with me every step of the way. And if it wasn't for Earl Jemison, I promise you I would not be commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So those are some of the people. James Douglas, Rod Page. I mean, I could go on and on and on about people that took me, uplifted me. William Saunders there at Texas Southern University. John Rutley, you know, my former boss. I, I have to say hats off to Dr. Rutley. He believed in me to bring me to Texas Southern and gave me the opportunity to, to move forward. So I, I could go on and on, Devin, I want. But I want to say thank you to everybody that had a small piece or a large piece and my success, because I say this all the time, the success that I had at Prairie View and the success that I had at Texas Southern, it wasn't Charles McClellan. It was all of those people that were around me, all of those people that supported me, whether they worked for me, whether they were alumni or just the average person that said, Hey, I want to help Charles McClellan. It took all of those it. It wasn't me. It was a cohesive unit. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that had a piece of the puzzle Uh, to get me here. And definitely a shout out to my pastor, Carl Miner, he was very instrumental as
0: well right well hey i want to thank you and again you and i have had you've helped me out quite a bit with some advice and some guidance when i've <laughs> asked you on, on a number of things so uh you know hey i want to thank you for that because you've always been available i try not to text you or bother you i try to go through the proper channels because i know you're extremely busy and i recognize how important you are to so many people around the country that i try to pick my spots but i certainly uh, thank you for making yourself available and uh, like i said just nothing but continued success and uh we still I'm still lobbying to get uh get the swag to come back to Houston. I won't give up on that yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just tell Houston as you guys talk to the ownership of the Astros and the ownership of the Rockets and the ownership of the Texas every day on your show. You know, if the resources are together, we will come to Houston. Again, the day of us giving away our goods for free are gone. People are gonna have to compensate us for what our value is and what our worth is. So, you know, Devin, you guys do a tremendous job. And as you know already, a lot of people listen to you around the nation. And you talked about, you know, me being on the national stage. I tell this story, and I know you. we're, we're closing up now. I had somebody that asked me, you know, you've gotten your Ph.D., I'm going to call you Dr. McClellan. And my response to them is I've earned the right to be called whatever I want to be called, and I would prefer for you to call me Charles, not Dr. McClellan. And I would say the same thing. I will always be Charles, Devin. You don't ever have to go through anybody to get to Charles McClellan. And that goes for anybody else. I'm still Charles at the end of the day. I'm not going to change. And that is going to be the person that's going to work hard, give you 110%, and do everything that I can to make the swag the best that it could possibly be. So, And if I do change, call me out and hit me upside the head. But you'll never have to go through anybody. I will always be here for you. I'll always be there for Texas Southern University and nobody will ever be able to stop the train that we started and where we're going to get to. And that is for all of us to be the best and for Texas Southern to be the best as well. And we're going to do it together.
0: Hey, well, thank you so much and continue to uh, continue success. And like I say on, on a lot of my tweets, hashtag swag. Uh, that's, there you that's, go. that's my way of celebrating. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. And, and thanks a lot.
1: All right, no problem. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: That was our conversation with SWAC Commissioner, Dr. Charles McClellan. And I'll tell you what, what an exciting time to be a member institution of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. He is—he uh, has vision. He's working with some first-class people. He's teamed up with some wonderful folks. He's developing partnerships with some great corporate partners. And I cannot wait to get on the SWAC plane. Now, I know we didn't talk about the Celebration Bowl and there are other things we didn't get into, and we'll have him back in the future. One thing about Dr. McClellan, and we saw this at Texas Southern University, he places a lot of value on the other sports, not just football and basketball. He places a lot of value on the other sports, softball, cross-country, baseball, tennis. These are the things he uh, he's recognized and increased the visibility of, and he's uh, doing more for the student-athletes in those sports. So, we'll have him back in the future. Future to talk about those things, but with that, before I let go. Before- before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys. If you've never tuned into the podcast before, hey, tune in, check us out. You'll hear a number of briefcasts from the past, but if you have to go back a little bit further back and listen to full-fledged episodes where you get a sense of what it's like when my special teams unit are on board. We'll have those guys or gals that are both involved very soon, and we have a huge season two. That's what I'll call it, season two of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Some great things coming up, some great guests. A lot of football to get into. And if you're interested in fantasy football, hey, hit me up on Facebook, on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group, or tweet me at Wade's Word. Follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. And of course, if you have any questions, any guest suggestions, any area of the country you want to get into, let us know and we'll delve into those things. Again, we have some very special guests coming up, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that and come back because soon, within seven to ten days, we will have, a brand new website phone number forum all of those things where you guys can be much more active and interactive with what we do on the podcast I want to thank our guy dj anarchy and of course I want to thank dr charles mcclellan this has been the sports talk with Devin way podcast and as always have a great day